everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeff, joining me from uh, the smoky and now baseball-less city. It is my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, I, I'm, I would play taps for you, but I, didn't, I don't have it on the pad here. Yeah, it, uh, it was a sad day. The Mariners were eliminated. If you haven't uh, paid attention to it, folks, uh, I've just ruined it for you. But uh, again, it was cool to make the playoffs after 21 years. It was like a big weight coming off of our shoulders here in Seattle. So, um, you know, we're super proud of the team and uh, we're hoping next year is going to be bigger and better. Now, I sent you something. There was somebody in Seattle wanted the Mariners to have a parade regardless. <laughs> I saw that. Now, I see that. <laughs> let's just give them participation medals and be done oh with it. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly what it is, too. Well, you know, don't worry. In, in 2043-ish, when you have your next home playoff game, yeah. it, it might be better. We're hoping so. Wow, yeah. I, I was just telling you before we started, I am tired. That was a lot of baseball yesterday. A it lot. certainly was. It was, I mean, they played two games worth. They had a seventh inning and a 17th inning stretch. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to watch my, my Leafs. The game started once the Mariner game had started and was over by the time the Mariner game was over. I thought the Yankees game was going to be over by the time the Mariners game Almost was, but then you get to the, I mean, there was just good baseball on Saturday. I mean, it was... Uh, what's confusing me is on social media, I'm seeing a lot of people complain about the 18 inning game. And it's, you know, it's the second long scoreless extra inning game we've had in the playoffs this year. I'm seeing people say, where's the, where's the ghost runner? Like, <laughs> you Man, can't have already. it both ways. <laughs> they, they don't want the ghost runner unless it goes more than 11 innings or something. Right. Yeah, it's just, I, I was on the edge of my seat for all 18 innings yesterday. Oh, so was I, man. It was, uh, one team would get close or just have a terrible inning and you just, uh, you lived and died the whole thing. Yeah. It was crazy. Every half inning, I'm like, well, that's it. They didn't do anything there. Yeah. You know, whether it go to the top or the bottom of the inning, there, somebody's just going to hit a solo home run and that's going to be it. And that ultimately was what happened, but two full games later. Yeah, exactly. Crazy game. Fun to watch. Yeah, it really was. I it was a it was a fun day of watching baseball, I'll say that. Something I noticed, you pointed it out to me, I think you or or maybe our, our friend Mitch did during the playoffs here, and we'd looked at it during the regular season. I've seen two position players during the playoffs wearing those jerseys that are actually pullover jerseys that only have the top couple of buttons work and then the rest are just sewn on. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's like a Hanley with extra buttons that don't work. Well, I mean, we talked about it before because we saw pitchers doing it. And I understand that. As a pitcher, you you want your jersey to be tight. You don't want, you know, because you're twisting your body and all this stuff. But I saw both Kyle Schwarber and Ty France were wearing these, who are both position players. Weird. Yeah. Just Bring back the pullover if 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 they want it. Yeah, put a collar on it too. Shoot, let's all look nice. Let's do some sands like about Target or something. There you go. That's what we need. Yeah, that'll help the game. And you just pull your socks up to your knees. I think this is a good look. But I, I yeah. noticed. I noticed that. I thought it was a, a little bit weird for a position player to do it. But yeah, wear what's comfortable. Um, I also think there's something wrong with me watching all this playoff baseball. Uh, well, what's wrong with you? I'm enjoying AJ Przinsky. <laughs> like there is something wrong with you. I think he's added to the broadcasts here. I don't like national broadcasts. First of all, I think I've 
brought this up. I just I don't care about the peripherals of the team that anybody that's a real baseball fan already knows about. I like I like local broadcasts because they give you more information. And AJ Brzezinski, I thought, has been doing a very good job. And I hate AJ Brzezinski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'd have to agree with you. He does add a lot of, of extras and, and knowledge to the to the broadcast. I mean, compare it to John Smoltz or A-Rod, right? Where all they're doing is going to, they're going to complain. Or yeah. it's, I, I've just, I really enjoyed AJ. And I, I think something's wrong with me because that just shouldn't happen. <laughs> so true, man. I don't know what the deal is with you, but. Yeah, he's probably done for the year now that we're yeah. in the, <laughs> in the uh, championship series. A uh, couple of things I wanted to go over. First of all, from last week, I, I played a clip of Big Al, who hits dingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was from a couple of years ago, Little Leaguer. I don't know, I just call him Big Al. I don't know how this came up because I was not searching for Big Al anymore. But this is, uh, I want to play a clip of somebody made a song for Big Al and it, it kind of slaps. As I walk from the circle where I'm standing on deck, I take a look at the ship and realize they got respect. Cause I've been mashing and smashing so long that even the yonk knows his ball is probably gone. But I ain't never stepped in thinking about a double. You know I'm touching all four, sorry to burst your bubble. You better watch your location. Don't leave one hanging or you and your teammates might be taking the loss. I really hate to brag, but my bat will boast. As I hit the dinger trot, the ball becomes a ghost. Fool, Al's the kind of player the MLB stars want to be on Jimmy Kimmel saying, In the big lot, two asses the bottom of nine. Big out that's in the box with the game on the line. Two asses the bottom of nine. Nice in the situation every time. So, <laughs> Big Al. He's Julio, by the way. Yes, he did pass away, didn't he? Yes, he did. Big Al hitting dinger. There's good video of this, uh, of just him playing. And I obviously nobody knows this but me, but you signed in today as Daniel Vogelback, which Big Al and Daniel Vogelback are spirit animals. They look exactly the same in their uniforms. This is true. I mean, the same height and everything. They are, uh, they're not small individuals, but, you know, we said it before, <laughs> baseball, not just baseball, but you can be an athlete no matter what size. That's right. I mean, King Kong Bundy, great wrestler. Andre the Giant, fantastic wrestler. I mean, it'd be any size. All Absolutely. Right. So from Big Al, I found this. This is a clip from my guy, Joey Votto, talking about stealing signs. He was on the Dan Patrick show a while ago. Dan asked him if there's anybody who he could reveal what their what their tell was if uh, to know what a pitch was coming without actually cheating. This was uh, this was a, a great exchange. Give me somebody who's retired that had a tell. Somebody that's retired that had a tell. Randy Johnson had a tell. If he thought you knew what was coming, he would hit you. So that was his tell. <laughs> Joey Votto is a national treasure. Absolutely true. Do not do not mess with Joey Votto. <laughs> uh, let's see. One more thing I wanted to get through before we get to uh, updates is last week we were talking about Cecil Fielder. I said nobody had hit 50 home runs since Maris. And uh, I, I could swear I said in the American League, it's here in my script. I went back, I reviewed it. 
I went back, I even listened to the episode and I did not say that at all. So uh, <laughs> we heard about it from several people, uh, both Willie Mays and George Foster. They both hit 52 home runs in a single season. That, of course, being in the National League. So I'll take the L on this one. But we've got some listeners out there who think we've signed a Joe Rogan-like contract with Spotify or something to do this podcast. One of our usual arbiters of misinformation, Brian Krauss, pointed out this, but he didn't. He wasn't going to fine us. But our friends over at the 1988 Tops podcast, which is a fantastic podcast and one of the one of the few these days that I actually make time for every week to listen to, they wanted to find us $51. Really? Yes. <laughs> they, 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 but they did say, or a nice dinner at a restaurant in Toronto. Right. Getting to Toronto uh, is going to cost more than $51. And did they mean $51 Canadian? Because I think I can cover that. That's like eight bucks. That's the thing. It's the exchange rate. $51, though, you, just so everybody knows, we lose money making this podcast (laughs) we have to pay for hosting we have to pay for hosting we have to pay for uh car you know wax packs and our time and our love and our energy but regardless uh mark you did not make sure that i did say american league only so i'm going to put that fine for 51 on your tab okay 51 dollars no no we're going american dollars oh come on There you go. All right. This show is debuting on October 18th. And believe it or not, there are zero debuts today. Well, yeah, there's a shocker. I mean, nobody debuted in the National League Championship Series. Well, I mean, it's we've we've had them before. But yes, nobody today, despite the website that I usually go to for this information, said that there were three. But Hmm. they were clearly not because I looked up all three of those players and they did not make their debut today. But... Today in baseball history, a couple of really big things happened. First of all, today, 1950, Connie Mack finally hung up his bow tie at age 87. Never did a manager wear civilian clothes in the dugout again. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or if it's unfortunate. This doesn't bother me because baseball uniforms are badass. I love baseball uniforms. I'm wearing one right now just because I can. <laughs> Including the cleats. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a cup. I've got, I, I mean, yeah, I've got it all. I've got my my batting helmet with the uh, with the protective, the C thing, well, you know, the Terry Steinbach thing. Well, I mean, my spittle has been known to come through the microphone. I got my, my Oakleys on, like I am, my shoulder, my elbow pad. Yeah, I'm ready to go. It looks like a professional, folks, I, I imagine. <laughs> also in 1977 today, Reggie Jackson hit three consecutive home runs on three consecutive pitches to help the Yankees beat the Dodgers in the World Series. Yes, yeah, that's a pretty unforgettable moment right there. Right? <laughs> that was uh, that was quite an accomplishment. We might need to move on from trivia moving from here on out. I, I'm not sure if we're going to have many more opportunities for, for debuts, so... We might, we might need to do that. That's going to do it for the... Uh, I don't announce that that's BP anymore. I just assume people know that we've got to warm up because we're getting, we're getting old. And uh, we're going to move into the main segment of the show. And uh, this week, Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the subject again this week. And uh, this week I want to talk about Greg Minton. Okay. Wow. Now, yeah. Not often do I decide to do a topic based solely on a single baseball card. But Greg Minton inspired me. Or rather, his, his 1978 Topps baseball card inspired me. Nice. So an airbrush baseball card is really a thing of the past at this point. 
with Photoshop and, and other ways to edit images that, I mean, you can take somebody on the Mariners and put them in an A's uniform in literally two seconds and can't tell the difference, right? Right. You see it on, on TV all the time. And I'm sure in baseball cards, they, they do it. But it's still a thing that happened in baseball cards all the way into the late 80s, maybe even the early 90s. I'm not sure exactly when they stopped doing that. But if you're not familiar with what an airbrush baseball card is, it's when a company, usually tops since they were the only company out there for a very long time takes an existing picture of a player usually in a different uniform than the one they currently inhabit and then they paint a new uniform or draw a new uniform over the old one and then print the card and call it a day Uh, now i'm sure that some of the artists if not all the artists that do this are very talented individuals but these cards i mean at least 99 percent of them are very obvious that they've been airbrushed it's not often you look at an airbrush card and go, yeah, that's completely the way that card, that <laughs> picture was taken. No, very rare. Very rare. So that leads us to Greg Minton, who, with the exception of cards before a certain time when they were almost all hand-drawn, is the subject of the most obviously airbrushed card of all time. Now, there are others that are equally as airbrushed, but this one is just, it does not look good. But first, let's find out a little bit more about Greg before we get to his card, which might actually be one of the the least interesting things about him. He's, he's quite a character, as we like to talk about on this show. So Minton was born in Texas, but he grew up in California, where he spent a great deal of his youth surfing more than anything else. So Minton's father let him know that he had no intention of paying for Greg to go to college. And Greg wanted to continue his education. So Mitten knew that a scholarship was his best way forward. So as a shortstop, he ended up at San Diego Mesa College. He had a pretty good arm. Didn't always know where the ball was going, though. Greg himself described the seats behind the first base dugout as, quote, a combat zone. Kind of like a Steve (laughs) Sachs-like Yeah, get out of the way. Yeah, wear wear the batting helmet there in the crowd. Regardless, though, he was drafted by the Kansas City Royals in the 1970 draft and shortly after was converted into a pitcher before being traded to the San Francisco Giants. Minton languished in the Giants' farm system for seven years without much of a future in terms of sticking in the big leagues. But then during spring training in 1979, he hurt his knee. And he came back and returned before it was fully healed. Because of this, he altered his pitching motion to reduce the pain in his knee. This alteration caused his sinker to improve as well as put a couple of miles per hour on it. And he started throwing sinkers at, he was topping out around 92, 93 miles per hour, which remember at this time in the late 70s, that was what a lot of the guys were topping out with their two-seam fastballs. Like that's a... That's a good fastball, let alone one that has some movement to it. So this was something that batters just weren't used to, this kind of sinker with that kind of speed on it. So Greg was called up, and he ostensibly lived on that sinking fastball. He said, quote, I might go three weeks without throwing a breaking ball. Wow. Understandable. (laughs) This pitch was basically unhittable for seven years. Minton once went more than three seasons without allowing a home run, setting a major league record that still stands today when he threw 269 and a third consecutive innings without giving up a home run. My goodness. Like, why don't the Rockies call him today? 
Right? <laughs> I mean, man. In his first seven seasons in the big leagues, he gave up only four home runs over 327 and two-thirds innings as a reliever. Ground wow. ball pitcher. Like the, the epitome of one. Over right. his 16-year career, he played for the Giants and the Angels. He compiled a record of 59 and 65 with 150 saves and an ERA of 3.10. He gave up only 43 home runs in those 16 years, and that was over 1,130 innings. How did he ever blow a save or a loss, you might ask? I'm wondering, how did he ever blow a save or get a loss? (laughs) It's a well-oiled machine right there. (laughs) Well, with that sinker, he was not much of a strikeout guy. He He pitched to contact most of the time. He actually almost had a one-to-one ratio of walks to strikeouts and had a career whip of 1.384 as a closer. That's My <laughs> that's really high for a starter, that's let that's alone so a closer. <laughs> yeah, he's getting... But I mean, I guess when, you, when you're a ground ball pitcher, if you've got guys on, you've got a good chance of getting somebody to hit into a double play also. Sure. Walk-off home runs almost never come off the bat of a pitcher. This is just a fact. Uh, a pitcher winning a game with a walk-off home run is so rare, as a matter of fact, that the uh, the only time it's happened in the last 36 years was back in 1986 when San Diego Padres reliever Craig Def Leppards grabbed Tony Gwynn's bat and took Greg Mitten deep in the 12th inning of a 9-8 Padres win. Now, Ouch. Why was Craig Leffert batting with the tying run on base in the 12th inning with one out, you ask? I'm wondering. Well, let me put it this way. Jerry Royce was playing left field at this point for the Padres. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, they were out of players. Also of note from uh, Mitten's career, he gave up the last of Pete Rose's record 4,256 career hits. Wow. Okay, so he's in the books. Yeah, well, he's in the books for a lot of reasons, but yeah, that that one for sure. So let's get back to Greg Mitten's uh, 78 tops card. Mitten, along with Mike Paxton, who was on the Red Sox, and the 77 version of Rick Jones, Mariner's legend, all got this same treatment that he did. And I looked at them. Rick Jones, really, it does look just like a portrait somebody sketched. But Mitten's has, like, background and stuff in it, so it's more like a picture. Tops only had black and white pictures of these guys available, and they didn't want to put out a couple of black and white cards in a color set. So they had somebody touch them up and added some color to them. What it reminds me of, if you haven't seen this, remember a couple of years back when there was a a fresco of Jesus Christ that a woman tried to touch up? I think it was in a church. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, it didn't look so good. No, it it, kind of looked like a mushroom with eyes. (laughs) It was not good. No. Well, that's kind of what the outcome of this touch up looks like. Uh, <laughs> Mitten's wearing glasses, too, which he never wore in his major league career, but I did find some minor league cards where he was wearing them. So I'm really wondering if this was a picture from a minor league set that they took and used. But, I mean, it really looks like a cartoon. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Uh, this has, however, really made this a very collectible card. I mean, everybody seems to want this card just to kind of look at it now here's a card if you're a card collector you probably know what the 1976 oscar gamble traded card looks like it's him in a yankee hat with a lot of hair sticking out the side 
pretty famous card. Uh, it's a brilliant, it's an amazing card. Yeah. I've been after that one for a long time. That is an airbrushed card as well. But the thing is, nobody really notices because of his afro takes up like 75% of the card. So you're not really looking at that. If, if you look at the logo, it's obvious. If you look at the pinstripes on his jersey that did not have pinstripes before, it's very obvious as well. Minton, however, did not have the luxury of an afro to distract from the rest of the card. Though so that would look really freaking hilarious. I've it would be seen. amazing. An orange one, especially. I might do a little Photoshop work and see if I can stick that hair on, on, on his card and just see what it looks like. Maybe the rainbow. Like, remember that guy that had the rainbow hair? <laughs> well, there's <laughs> that, that clown meme where, you know, it's usually three or four frames and they're painting in the last one. He's putting on the rainbow wig, yeah. <laughs> But this is two strike noise, right? This is, we can't just be talking about what their cards are like and their stats. We want to talk about goofy things that happen. And Greg Mitten, as I said, is a bit of a character. He had a nickname. He actually had two of them, Moon Man and Mooney. So (laughs) Mitten was a practical joker, and we'll get to that shortly. But these nicknames came from a specific incident that happened while he was in the minor leagues. While with the Phoenix Giants, obviously the San Francisco Giants minor league club at the time, 1973 to be specific, Minton decided during the day, it was a night game that day, he decided the weather was nice. He was going to go tubing in a in a local river on it. I guess you don't go. Well, you go in it, but you're you're more on it. Grammar police here. (laughs) So he, he gets there and he's ready to go. And then he says, wait. Uh, one more thing. I'm going to go tubing uh, completely naked. So if I myself had a nickel every time I decided to go tubing and then decided that, you know, what would make this even more fun would be doing it naked. Oh, yeah. Especially in a nice cold river. Yeah, I'd probably have the same amount of money I do now, which is not <laughs> a lot. But I think Greg forgot one thing when he left his clothes behind. He forgot that the sunblock was properly in his shorts as well because oh. he got a horrible sunburn. And you can imagine that if he is completely naked, he got it all over. Oh, oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not, I don't really want to think about that. But that night uh, he gets to the ballpark. There's a game that night and he walks in and he's changing and his manager, Rocky Bridges, sees Minton changing. And looks at him, and his skin is just covered in craters, oh. like like from the moon, which you know were probably pus-filled blisters for those. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Yeah, well, for bringing that up. Anybody that's eating, you're welcome. <laughs> Bridges dubbed him right there, Moon Man, and that would later get shortened to Mooney, and this stuck with him throughout the rest of his career. Along the lines of Larry Anderson and Tom Pachorik, Mooney was a prankster. He did some of the standard stuff, like constantly deciding he was going to hang glide on off days, which not really a prank, but he was fined $200 each time he did that. So uh, that's a costly. Expensive hobby. Yeah. And I don't know how did they keep finding out? Did he like tell them? (laughs) Oh, it's a rough day of hang gliding yesterday. He would fly over the corporate office. Oh, Uh, he would often trick rookies into knocking on the manager's hotel door at four in the morning. That's good stuff. (laughs) He was known to uh, frequently steal the keys to the bullpen cart, forcing pitchers to have to jog all the way in from the bullpen. Of all the nerve. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of boilerplate reliever hijinks. Also, one time in 1985, when he was in the big leagues, he showed up at spring training hurt because he had driven a nail through the middle of his pitching hand while trying to shoe a horse. Oh, that, that's pretty smart right there, I gotta say. 
why do you need a nail just to get rid of a horse? Like, shoot. No, no, no. Shoot. Shoot. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know. I know what a shooting horse is. I know. I'm just messing with you. But Mooney was a legend because of a couple of other exploits. So two of the most notable ones both involved the team bus while on the road. Once Mitten boarded the Giants charter bus outside the team hotel in Atlanta and convinced the bus driver that he was actually the team secretary. (laughs) And as the team secretary, he needed the bus driver to leave immediately with the empty bus and head to the stadium, with Minton being the only passenger aboard. (laughs) So so Minton got there, plenty of time, got his work in, got dressed, all while his teammates remained at the hotel looking for the bus, and eventually they had to pile in cabs to get to the stadium where they arrived later than usual. That's outstanding, actually. That's a good one, because that affects everybody. Yeah, he got them all. Yeah. Uh, 1982, Minton decided to remove the bus driver from the equation completely. He just got in and drove the team bus himself to a store where he purchased new cowboy boots. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't want to hail a cab, needed some space to put the boots in in the, you know... He's got a perfectly good automobile right there, you know, that he can use. Why yeah. not? Why not? If you've got the keys. He said this after after that uh, exploit, he said, quote, between seasons next year, I'm going to get a pilot's license. Then I can just steal the team plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most people, I would take that as a, a, an overstatement, but I think he was serious. Uh, so Minton's IMDB page is pretty short. There's no Sabrina the Teenage Witch, no Mr. Belvedere. None of the standard stuff. Uh, no, no married with children. <laughs> so, uh, but he should get credit for one of the greatest scenes in one of the greatest baseball movies ever. It was Mooney who Bull Durham based the rainout technique on. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so Minton flooded a minor league park overnight on the final day of the season so that he could get home and start his hunting trip earlier. And it worked. They didn't play. He went home early. Uh, finally, I want to I, I want to call out somebody here. I want to call out a fellow Saber member who I don't know, but I want to call out fellow Saber member Matt Stone. Matt Stone has claimed the Greg Minton Saber bio, but has yet to write it. I also <clears> looked. He also claimed the Atlee Hammaker bio, also not written. Uh, those are the only two things that he has written or claimed to write for Saber. Nothing. Matt, come on, man, you could have helped me out here. Could have. And he could have used some help. I could have. I mean, this was, I had to do some digging here. Because believe it or not, the despite the fact that the, he did these hijinks, which are very funny, and I've heard of them before, it was, I had to do some digging to find articles that actually mentioned it. A lot of them just said he had some hijinks with buses. But it didn't go into any detail. So you're supposed to know that. Yeah, come on, Matt Stone. I think Matt Stone was my my pseudonym when I was a DJ in college. Really? I think that was. I think Does this was, Matt Stone work with Trey Parker? I'm just asking. Oh, is that the Matt Stone? Maybe he's too busy. Yeah, with South Park, that might be. That's it. it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So there you go. There is Greg Mitten. I think he is. He's like kind of uh, on that borderline of being a patron saint. Like these were good. I think I think I need more more quantity too. these are quality, but I need some more pranks to get you up to the saint patron saint level. 
sure. Yeah, and they may have been there, but we just don't know. Yeah, I, that's why. If, if somebody can point us to some more, uh, let us know, and we will we'll, we'll, we'll review. Or if you know Greg Minton, and he wants to tell us yeah, know, I, about them himself, I, we're, we're all for that. I, I'm all for that. Apparently, he does. Uh, he's a, a regular at Giants Fantasy Camp. So, oh, nice. Maybe if, if any of our listeners are going to Giants Fantasy Camp, they can... Track him down. Let Greg know we did a whole show on him, okay? Yeah. And, yeah, just give him our number. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to do it for the main segment of the show. And uh, looking at the clock on the uh, Two Strike Noise studio wall, which is not functioning. uh, It hasn't been working for quite a while. But it stopped right at the exact time uh, each show when we jump into Wax Pack Heroes. Wax Pack Heroes! All right. So uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, this is part of the show where we open up a couple of packs, uh, generally wax packs, sometimes not. And uh, we look at the cards and that's it. We don't say anything about them. We don't tell you what cards we're looking at. We just look at them and then we end the show. So it's not really that exciting. I don't know why people like it. No, it's exciting, don't you think? Yeah, that, you think so? <laughs> well, for it's us. gladiatorial. All right. No, yeah, that's not what we actually do. We actually tell you what we're looking at. And we've got a couple of things we do with them as well. We uh, open up today. We've got to get a couple of packs from 1988 Fleers. We're going to open them up. We are going to look at the baseball reference war of the year of the cards, like I said, 1988. And uh, we will total those war totals, but we've got a couple of qualifiers that will add or subtract to them. First of all, if there is anything on uh, the main player's face, that means glasses, eye black, a mustache, a prison tattoo, uh, a, a prominent birthmark, a fly, anything like that, you can get an extra tenth of a point. If they are wearing real stirrups where we can see the sanitary socks underneath them, that's a tenth of a point. Same with sweatbands with their caricature or jersey number. If they played any of their final three seasons in Seattle like everybody did. If they've got two flaps or no flaps on their batting helmet, if they are not wearing batting gloves, those are all a tenth of a point bonus. But if they're wearing the two-in-one stirrups, that's a minus tenth of a point. And you know what? I have really noticed there's a lot of guys wearing, not a lot, but there's more guys in the playoffs wearing real stirrups this year, which is a I good think, thing. I think we've had an effect on it. I really do. I think I think we're starting to and turn we, the we time. we love to pretend, folks, so it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, also, if uh, the player won an award that year, like Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, if they were an All-Star or won a gold glove, that's a half a point of war. If there is a Hall of Famer on the card, even if they are not the focus of the card, that is an extra whole point of war if a ricky henderson appears in either of our packs it is a positive five for me a minus five for mark if a nolan ryan does it is a positive five for mark and a minus five for me they had it happen in the same pack i think the, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago that was, that was very strange uh we're each also going to pick a team and uh if my team comes up it's going to be positive half a point for me if mark's team comes up it is going to be a minus half a point for me and vice versa his way. So, Mark, what team are you going to go with today? Today, I've decided to take the Houston Astros. Okay. It's a little, uh, what is it, the uh, hair of the dog 
or something. Right. It's just, hair of the dog that bit ye. Okay. No, I, I, you know, I'm a closet Astros fan, and and now that the Mariners are eliminated, I'm pulling for the Strohs the rest of the way. I am the only one outside of the city of Houston that is doing so. I thought it was really poor form when you ran on the field and celebrated with the Astros yesterday. Well, it was over at that point, and there was. <laughs> You know, what good am I doing not celebrating with them? I, I you know, I did well, take you were, my uh, scoreboard production crew. No, you were wearing, I was going to say you were wearing your Mariner's credential when you did that. So. Well, no, I took, no, wait, I was wearing that. That's all I was wearing. I got in a lot of well, trouble. Jeez. <laughs> so, Again, people still want to see you in those uh, sequin shorts or whatever. Oh, from my. The, from the yeah, no-hitter. someday, someday. Uh, all right. Well, I am going to do the usual then, and I am going to take the team of the, the topic from today. So I'm going to go with uh, Greg Minton played mainly for the Giants, the most years to the Giants. So I'm going to take the San Francisco Giants. Very nice. All right. Looking at the scoreboard right now, I am up 11 to 8. Now, I don't want to get cocky, but I feel just like Dave Roberts said before the beginning of this year, I feel like we're going to win the World Series. You can you can take it to the bank. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm now I'm counting on winning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got two packs here of the 88 Fleer, one on my left, one on my right. Which one would you like? Man, 88 Fleer. That's that's the red, white, and blue. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with the right. All right, Mark, uh, these Fleer uh, from 88 have 15 cards in here, so you're going to have to lose six cards. Would you like to lose the top or the bottom six? We're going to lose the bottom six. All right. I am. I can see the bottom card here is David Cohn already, so that ouch. might be a, an ouch situation. I see you've lost a Hall of Famer, too. You oh, have lost a, a closer with the Oakland A's. From 1988, oh, he's got a mustache. I he, wonder who it could be. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame. This is a good, he's in Fenway here, clearly. This is during or before BP. There's no one in the stands. He has got a pullover jacket and then the sat, not satin, the sateen, like starter jacket Ooh, on top of yeah, it. Yeah, smooth. Yeah, it looks like he'd been running. He's a little bit sweaty, but there's Eckersley. Next, you've got Floyd Yeomans, pitcher for the uh, for the Expos. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you've got Mark Gubaza. That one might ooh, hurt, too, ooh. with the Royals. Uh, you've got a prospects card where you've got Greg Myers, catcher for the Blue Jays, or Greg Tabor, uh, or Tabor, I forget. I don't remember how you say his name. Then you've got a pitcher for the Rangers, Edwin Correa, and then David Cohn. Uh, I might have picked wrong there. Yeah, those are. I think you might have lost some value there. Your sticker, though, is of the Montreal Expos, so that's a... It's a good sticker. I'll oh, what a throwback. Side. It's That's perfect for the show. All right. So uh, your first card, you're going to get some points here because he's got a mustache and he's got those science teacher glasses. It's the bull, Leander. Big, strong, powerful hitter. Not a great fielder. Wasn't known for the glove. Had a wet glove. Very famous wet glove. That <laughs> <laughs> really did not help the Cubs in the playoffs. All right, let's see. Uh, Leon Durham, 10 years in the big leagues, eight of it with Chicago, two-time All-Star. He was a silver slugger in 1982. 1988, he spent part of the year with the Cubs and then was traded to the Reds. And uh, overall, only 45 games total. He hit 218, a 297 on base, four home runs, eight RBI, uh, one caught stealing. I've got to assume that's a broken hit and run. And a 96 OPS plus, and that will equal a war of positive 0.1 plus the glasses and the mustache. So uh, that will be a positive 0.3 for you. Very nice. Thank you, Mr. Durham. I'm happy about anything that's positive at this point. 
Uh, he was a first-round draft pick by the Cardinals in 1976. And then in 1980, he was traded by the Cardinals for Hall of Famer, who just passed away last week, Bruce Souter. Yes. So uh, that's good that that came up, that so that we can mention that uh, Bruce Souter did pass away, unfortunately. Hall of Fame, we talked about him a little bit. Uh, he's come up in Wax Pack Heroes before. Yeah, he certainly has. And obviously a Hall of Famer. Well, he supplanted uh, Bill Buckner at first for the uh, for the uh, the Cubs, who was traded away for Dennis Eckersley, who was also in this pack. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mentioned he only played a little bit in '88. He got off to a very slow start. There were some rumors about Durham about drug use. He played in only eighty uh, in only twenty one games for the Reds before entering drug and alcohol rehab. Oh wow. Then he tried to make a comeback, went one for 18 the next year and retired. Yeah, addiction stinks. All right. Well, we do have this. He uh, was he played the role of Leon Alexander in the film Little Big League. Boy, so, yeah, boy. It's been a while since I saw that, but uh, I kind of remember that. Leon Alexander. They're like, let's keep your first name, but we'll change your last name. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be having the same last name. That's ridiculous. Also appeared briefly in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when, uh, you remember yes. when they were at Cubs, uh, at, at Cubs Stadium. Good old Cubs yeah. Stadium there I'm in Chicago. Cubs Stadium. <laughs> Listen, Wrigley's not paying us. We're not going to. That's, that's true. <laughs> we don't even chew gum, neither of us, okay? No, at least not during the podcast, usually. But not uh, most of the time. There was a clip where they were there of the game. I think yeah. they think they filmed that during the actual game. I don't remember, but uh, Leon Durham is at first base there, and, and uh, Claudel Washington is the one who hits the foul ball. That is uh, Cameron and, and Ferris get yes. All right, so you're at uh, point three. Uh, you're in the positive at least. Your next card is outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, Glenn Braggs. Glenn Braggs, I believe, was a Mariner at some point. We've talked about Glenn. He broke his. Uh, Broke his bat over his uh, back, hitting a ball from off Dave Stewart in the 1990 World Series. Remember that World Series team? Uh, let's see. No, actually, at least never appeared in the big leagues for the Mariners. Hmm. Wonder where I got that. Uh, yeah, no, no. No, I'm just losing my mind. It's no, all good. Milwaukee and Cincinnati also played four f- years for the uh, Yokohama. Bay Stars in Japan. By the way, I just want to mention the uh, Hanshin Tigers advanced to the second round. Uh, I think it was the uh, the Central League uh, Climax Series, and then were swept. So there will be mm. no no celebration. And the the curse, I'm doing the air quotes, so we don't get in trouble. The curse still remains. That's right. Uh, let's see. Seven years in the big leagues, five with Milwaukee, three with Cincinnati. In 1988, 72 games, hit 261, 307 on base, 10 home runs, 42 RBIs, six stolen bases, a 102 OPS plus, and that equals a positive. 1.3, and he's got a mustache, so that'll be a 1.4. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, so far, that. everybody has pullover uniforms in this uh, pack. Lovely. <laughs> we have to have mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it every single time. Married, at least was, it hasn't been updated on Wikipedia, to Cindy Heron uh, of the group En Vogue. Very nice. Is now a real estate agent in the Los Angeles area, so look him up if you need house yeah there you go who wouldn't want to buy i would totally if we were looking for he's probably selling houses in the millions of dollars and he's not going to return my call but well when the show takes off oh yeah uh, we'll give him a buzz (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> what is this episode 189 or something? <laughs> when this show just, takes off. Yeah. It's just going to take time. That's all. I'm just saying. All right. Here we got uh, a picture with Atlanta. Great last name. Paul Ossenmacher. Yes. Paul uh, Lefty, right? I mean, Lefty, correct? Uh, no, Paul. Paul, not Lefty Ossenmacher. Uh, Lefty Ossenmacher. Yes, but he did. Uh, one throw. of the great minor league players. He did throw time. left. A uh, member of a lot of teams that we don't talk about. Uh, Atlanta and Cleveland. Of his 14 years in the big leagues, he spent nine of them with teams that we don't name. <laughs> uh, let's see, though. In 1980, it was the third year in the big league. He went eight and seven for Atlanta. A 307 ERA. That's pretty good. 79 and a third innings, 71 strikeouts, a 120 ERA plus, And that equals a 1.9 war. Wow. Wow. He's got a mustache also in this picture. And dare I say, I'm going to give you a two tenths of a point mustache. Oh, it's a good one. Right yeah. on. So that'll be a 2.1 for you there. Wow, Paul Ossenmacher never won a World Series. Huh. He appeared in 36 playoff games, never won wow. a World Series. A lot of, uh, he advanced to the ALCS the and the World Series and the NLCS several times, but never uh, took home a ring. That's, uh, that is a lot of playoffs and a lot of times to get close, man, that would be depressing. For yeah. Me. He was one of those guys that would often get traded for a lot too, at the end of the, you know, at the, at the deadline, cause he's a lefty and uh, he was pretty good. All right. Yeah. Next, you've got a Seattle Mariner pitcher, Mike Campbell. Oh, soup. Yes. <laughs> no, I think that Mike was Campbell. Dave Campbell with soup. Well, they, they can both be, I mean, Campbell's has a lot of different varieties. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure anybody named Campbell is always going to be nicknamed Soup. I don't think Glenn Campbell was. <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely was. He somebody, was more like a rhinestone cowboy Somebody definitely had to have called him. Uh, let's see, Mike Campbell, six years in the big leagues. The first three were th- with Seattle. The last three were not. Uh, let's see, in 1988, he went 6-10 with the Mariners. So 88 Mariners, that... With a 5.89 ERA, that could make him like the third best pitcher on that staff. Those were rough times. <laughs> 114 <laughs> two-thirds innings. Uh, let's see, 63 strikeouts, a 71 ERA plus, And that is good for a war of minus 0. 0.8. Oh, oh, that's a big minus. <laughs> there is nothing on this card that's going to help you either. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Now, this is a nice looking card, though, because he's got the M's. Uh, batting practice pullover and the the S on the helmet on the hat, but his hat is a mesh back hat. Like they weren't handing out real major league hats during spring training. At least they didn't to Mike Campbell at this no, point. Not for soup. No, uh, he was part of the trade to the uh, to the Expos where they got Randy Johnson in return. So oh, he it nice. was it was he and Mark Langston. Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. I would have never guessed that Mike Campbell would have been part of that. Uh, he was a first round draft pick, though, in 85 by the Mariners. That's probably how he. Mm, interesting, got, because he did about as well for the Mariners as he did for my wax pack hero team. Yeah, he did. I think he was li- a lot living off that first round draft pick to be included in that uh, that uh, trade. All right. Uh, I'm going to like this because next you've got a Giants pitcher. Uh, currently part of their announcing crew. Very Ooh. well thought of crew. It's Mike Kruko. Oh, very nice. Yes. Uh, you are still, every single player has a pullover jersey. <laughs> You've got a lot of guys. <laughs> Fleer took a lot of shots during BP. Uh, so a lot of these guys are in their BP jerseys. Uh, let's see. Mike Kruko, 14 years in the big leagues. 
in uh, most of it was with the Giants, seven with the Giants, six with the Cubs, and then one random year in 82 with the Phillies. 1988, he went seven and four with a 3.54 ERA in 20 games, 124 two-thirds innings, 75 strikeouts, a 93 ERA plus, and that is good for a war of 1.1. Well, thank you very much. He is a member of the Giants, though, so that'll be a minus half, so you will get a 0.6. So far, I've made some pretty bad decisions, I think. Uh, yeah, you could have picked the Giants, but... Uh, yeah, or cutting David Cohn and going with the Astros and then yeah, uh, yeah, that is picking true. the pack on the right. I think those have all been poor decisions so far. Uh, as I mentioned, part of the uh, San Francisco Giants TV crew, along with Dwayne Kuyper, also an all-star in 1986. If you're from this area, you you know for sure, but also... I think it's probably well known across the country that he is suffering for, suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease now. Uh, still does a lot of games, does all the home games. I think this next year he is going to do road games from the studio and Dwayne Kuyper is going to travel with the team, but they'll still be doing the games together just from a different location. All right. Next, you have got a guy, your first guy in a, in a button down jersey, which is weird because it's still a BP jersey, but it is Matt Noakes. Oh, man, yes. Uh, wasn't he a left-hand hitting catcher? Um, let's see. Yes, he was a left-hand hitting, my, but through my right. Obsession. Yeah. <laughs> let's see, 11 years in the big leagues, five with the Yankees, five with the Tigers. Uh, this is something we always mention whenever we get Matt Noakes. First year in the big leagues with the San Francisco Giants in 1985. <laughs> also spent a year with the Orioles and uh, 10 games with the Rockies to end his career. In 1988, let's see, with the Tigers, 122 games, hit 251, 313 on base, 16 home runs, 53 RBI, and an OPS plus of 109. And all of that will equal a war of 2.5. I did not expect to get 2.5 out of Matt Now that defense, man. That's he, right. Remember, he had, a, he had a pretty good arm for a catcher as well. Was once traded for Senor Smoke, Juan Berenguer, and Bob Melvin. Well, there's wow. a two for right there. Uh, Matt Noakes caught Jim Abbott's no hitter in 1993. Oh wow! With the Yankees. And that's a, that's a cool story. And uh, now apparently owns an instructional consultation practice for serious hitters, and advises software and equipment companies. So if you're not serious about hitting, <laughs> don't don't bother Matt Noakes. He's not going to return your phone calls. Jeff, you're being very serious about hitting I, recently. I, I, oh, should I call him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently, Noakes is an amateur pilot as well. Well, he's with baseball players and, and airplanes. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently in 2000, he had signed a major league contract with Cleveland. And uh, during the offseason, he was piloting a, a plane in northern San Diego County. And the plane lost oil pressure and he couldn't reach an airport. Oh, wow. So he flew over uh, Interstate 15, waited till there was a gap in the cars, and then uh, landed on the, uh, on the freeway. Wow, that's absolutely impressive. Get this, though. He then sold the plane in 2016 to a gentleman named Dennis Hogue, who then crashed it on the same highway. (laughs) What? Okay, that's nuts. That is weird. All right. Okay, well, you've got a Hall of Famer. Well, congratulations for you. You've got a great Hall of Famer. Here he is with the Padres, and that's the only team he played for. I have a guess then. Okay. Is it Bruce Bochy? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Tony Gwynn. There you go. Mr. Padre smiling right now with his Padres 
move it. I love all the announcers are like the the Padres with a chance to go back to their first World Series in 24 years. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow, those starved Padre fans. 24 years. Let's see. We've talked about Tony Gwynn many, many times. 15-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, eight batting titles, five gold gloves, seven silver, silver sluggers. Now, the bad news for you, 1988, one of the five times he was not an All-Star. Oh, come on. He led the league the year before hitting 370. He led the league this year hitting 313, and he led the league the next year hitting 336. But the, no, no All-Star game. Came in 11th in MVP voting. Uh, let's see. That year, seven home runs, 70 RBI, 26 stolen bases, and a 128 OPS+. Plus. And all of that equals a 3.4. He's a Hall of Famer, so that's 4.4, and he's got a mustache here. So that'll be a 4.5. Very nice. Well, I got good news for you, though. Your next card is also a Hall of Famer who also only played for one team, that team being the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> it's not Mike Boddicker, is it? Um, let's see. I'm having a hard time telling who this is, but no. It, it, is, oh, no. it looks okay. like he's a shortstop here. Is he a junior? Yes. Ah, Ken Griffey wow. Jr. Back to back, like Hall of Famers, like our Hall of Famers, like from yeah, our that's time. Rare. Our, Very rare. Yeah, our time. Two time MVP, Rookie of the Year, 19 time All Star, won a World Series in 83, two time Gold Glove winner, Cal Ripken Jr., 21 years in the big leagues. Good news for you, Cal Ripken was an All Star in 1988. Of course he was. Hit 264, 372 on base, 23 home runs, 81 RBI, and a 128 OPS plus. All right, so you, that is a 5.7 war for the year. He's a Hall of Famer, so that's 6.7, and he was an all-star, so that'll be a 7.2. That is nuts. Nothing else on this card is going to... Wasn't my score last week like six? Well, uh, now hold on. He's only wearing one batting glove, so you'll get a tenth of a point for that. So it'll be 7.3. Woo! Thank you, Mr. Ripken. Yeah, so that'll take you up to 17.9. And your final card of the pack, your final card of the pack is first baseman outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mike Marshall. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to laugh when I, I think of Mike Marshall because he was the ultimate, like, always injured, you know, or always unable to play. I remember one time I read an article that he sat out a game due to, and I quote, general soreness <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> which i don't know who this general soreness is or how he became a general but to hold a major league baseball player out for that is ridiculous right? it's it's unacceptable i mean i guess it's better than private soreness <laughs> <laughs> wow okay folks interpret that any way you want <laughs> i'm here all week uh, Mike Marshall, let's see, he played, now this is the the batter, not the pitcher. Mike Marshall played for 11 years in the big leagues, nine with the Dodgers. Let's see, he won two World Series, actually, in 1988. Also remember the 81 Dodgers, though he did not play in that World Series. But uh, let's see, 1988, 144 games, a hit 277, a 314 on base, 20 home runs, 82 RBI, and a 118 OPS+. Plus. And that equals a 2.4 war. Jeez. Nothing else on this card is going to help you out, though. Very nice, though. So we've talked about Bob Welch and his uh, dipping his toe in the Go-Go's dating pool. Well, Mike Marshall likewise did when he briefly was seen canoodling, uh, that's my word, uh, with Belinda Carlisle. 
Wow. Very nice. Belinda Carr Leslie. Very nice. Yeah. Circles in the sand. Yeah. Known to be an admirer of Belinda Carlisle in my youth. I was a Jane Wheedling guy. All right. So uh, overall, that'll take you to 20.3. I will take that any day of the week. All right. Twice on Sunday when we're recording? No, twice on Tuesdays, you know, when it's released. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to give you 40.6, but since it's Sunday when we're recording, I can't do that. All right, so I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to take the bottom six. Oh, no. I got two Hall of Famers that I'm losing. All right, so first I've got pitcher for the Cardinals, Bill Dowley. Dowley. I've got Hall of Famer for the Red Sox, Jim Rice. Catcher for the Expos, Jeff Reed. Don Robinson who I think that's Caveman, but he looks very svelte here for the Giants. Hall of Fame pitcher, Greg Maddox, and uh, not Hall of Fame first baseman, Greg Walker. Well, yeah, one Hall of Famer. Let's see, Mike Sticker is for the Phillies. It's a, it's the good Phillies logo, though. So Losing out, losing out on uh, Mad Dog, though, that could hurt. Yeah. Well, let's that's see. some good stats every year. Well, let's see. Uh, I am starting off, though, with a all-star one year. Very well deserved. I'm hoping it's this year. It's <laughs> Lloyd Mosby of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Not to be confused with Lloyd Braun of uh, the Seinfeld no. universe. No, not Lloyd Braun. Uh, let's see. 1988. No, it was 86 that Lloyd Mosby happened to be in town for the All-Star game and needed to be an All-Star with his 253 average. <laughs> But he was an all-star, so congrats to him. Let's see, 1988 with Toronto. First of all, 12 years in the big leagues, 10 with Toronto. 1988, appeared in 128 games, hit 239, 343 on base, 10 home runs, 42 RBI, 31 stolen bases. Very nice. And a 100 even OPS plus. So the league average player, that is still good for a 1.9 war. Oh, oh, he's got a mustache. And guess who's got a Mims band on? Oh, man. Very nice. So that'll be a 2.1 right off the bat for me. Bonus points. I get excited when they've got the Mims bands. I don't, does, is it at all egotistical to wear your own face on your sweatband? No, when it's marketing. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, first round draft pick of the Blue Jays, ninth, second overall in 1978. We've mentioned him before. He's from the Bay Area here. Nicknamed Shaker. Because he was a good basketball player who could uh, shake defenders. Oh, wow. Uh, Let's see, of course, part of the Killer Bees outfield with the Blue Jays, along with George Bell and Jesse Barfield. Get it? Lloyd Moe's B. (laughs) It was a bit of a stretch, but it worked. He's part of it. Uh, Also played for the Yamiuri Giants in Japan for a couple of seasons as well. And is a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. So wait, wait, he's a Hall of Famer, is what I'm saying. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's Canada, dude. All right. Well, I get like half of the point, uh, the Hall of Fame points, the exchange rate. No, No. you you get whatever. You look at the exchange rate on baseball players. It's very different. Oh, okay. All right. Next, we got a guy I do not know who this is. Third baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers, Steve Kiefer. Oh, wow. Are you familiar with uh, Steve Kiefer? I remember him from the PCL. All right. Well, let's see. uh, Steve Kiefer. I don't believe we've pulled him before. His link is, uh, well, yeah, he, he played it because he came up with the A's, so you yeah. very well could remember him. Uh, let's see. Six years in the big leagues, two with Oakland, three with Milwaukee, and then one with the Yankees. 1988 with Milwaukee, he appeared in a whole seven games, but he did hit 300 and had a 220 OPS plus and a home run. 
Uh, overall, that equals a 0.2 war. <laughs> so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> overall, a first round draft pick in 81 by the A's and was then traded with a couple of minor leaguers and Charlie O'Brien for Moose Haas. Let's hear it for Moose. I mean, come on. Moose Haas. Uh, let's see. He played for Tacoma in 84 and 85. And, there you go. Uh, yeah, those were his only two years in AAA. Oh, I guess he played in Denver in AAA as well. Brother of former Major League pitcher Mark Kiefer. But that's really it. Not much to mention there. All right. Next, I have got a, a New York Yankee pitcher, Pat Clements. I do sort of remember Pat Clements. This is quite a pack I've got here so far. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, Pat Clements. Household names are rolling off the tongue. I mean, it's amazing. He's a lefty, but he only pitched for eight seasons. Uh, Not a lot of pitching. Well, I guess he came out of the pen a bit here. 1988 with the Yankees, no record in six games and a 6.48 ERA. And uh, all of that will equate to a war of minus (laughs) 0.3. Oh, man. Sorry about that, man. This is uh, not looking good here for my pack. But there's not much to talk about about Pat Clements. So we're just going to roll right into this next pitcher I don't remember from the Pirates, Mike Dunn. (laughs) I think this Wax Facts Heroes might be done right now. Is this D-U-N-N or D-U-N-N-E? D-U-N-N-E. Let's see. Mike Dunn, five years in the big leagues, three with the Bucks, then the Padres. One of his final three seasons was with the Mariners in 1989. So I'll take Oh, man, nice one. Where, get this, he went 2-9 and nine with a 5.27 ERA. Oh, so he might have been the ace uh, there. <laughs> Let's see. Between um, him and Soup, I, I, things weren't looking so good in the bullpen. They were building a, a dynasty. Let's see, 88 with the Bucks, 7-11 and 11 with a 3.92 ERA. So not a lot of support at that point. 170 innings, 70 strikeouts, 87 ERA plus. You know, the year before he was a rookie, he came in second in the rookie of the year balloting. He went 13 and six with a 3.03 ERA. Finished second behind Benito Santiago in the uh, rookie of the year balloting. Not bad. All of this will equal a minus 0.54. He does have a mustache, so it would only be a minus 0.4. But. No, he was a Mariner. Oh, yeah. Plus, he's a Mariner. So, thank you. That'll add on that. Ten. That'll bring me to a point one point seven. I can barely spit it out. <laughs> uh, first round draft pick by the Cards in 84. He was traded by the Cardinals with Mike Lavalier and Andy Van Slyke for Tony Pena. Oh, wow. So, okay, I, I'm betting he came up. I mentioned them earlier. The uh, 1988 Tops podcast did Mike Lavalier just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I remember that trade. Mm, yep. Mike. Spanky. All right. So uh, I am, I'm down to five cards, one of which is a checklist. So things are not looking well. You finished with a 20.7. I'm at one point or a 20.3. I'm at 1.7. Uh, all right. Well, this one might help, although he's a reliever. So we know that doesn't help a whole lot. It is closer for the twins. Jeff Rudin. Rudin, uh, Expo, twin, anybody else? Came up with the Mets. Pitched for the Red Sox, Atlanta, Cincinnati, and the Yankees. Yeah, see? <laughs> Just, you, were, you were very close <laughs> to getting them all. Uh, let's see. Uh, four-time All-Star. Member of the 87 World Series team with the Twins. 1988, still with the Twins. Went 2-4 and four with a 2.47 ERA, 42 saves, 73 innings pitched. 
let's see, 56 strikeouts, a 165 ERA plus. He was an all-star that year, got some MVP votes, which is good. And that will equal a war of 2.5. He was an all-star, so that'll be three. And he's got the beard, that'll be 3.1. And he is wearing real stirrups, so that'll be a 3.2. Not bad. Yeah, that uh, more than doubled my score right there. So, <laughs> Plenty of time left, Jeff. <laughs> three cards i'm not gonna i'm saying we're like in the eighth at this point and we're you know every time someone's down by a bunch i always say you need a hack wilson card but uh i don't think he was active in the, in 88 yeah go with home run baker <laughs> uh, i could be wrong but i don't think he was active either in 1988 oh, i get mixed up if we were opening 1888 packs <laughs> right then you absolutely uh at one point in 2005 reardon was in a parking area and uh, was put in, uh, taken into custody by the Palm Beach Gardens police for allegedly an armed robbery at a jewelry store. What? Wow. Okay. Apparently he was under the influence of something. He stayed overnight and was uh, checked into a psychiatric facility. Easy for me to say. Where he ad- was administered electroshock treatments. My goodness, that's frightening. Found guilty, or I found not guilty by reason of drug-induced insanity. Jeez. That is not fun. Wow. That is, uh, that's a shame. Hopefully he's doing better now. All right. On that uh, upbeat note, uh, next I got the Terminator, an all-star card from the Blue Jays. Yeah, this could be a good one. Tom Hankey. Not related to the Christmas poo, by the way. (laughs) Just... We, that's our second South Park reference. That's two South Park references in one show. Yeah, I'm not sure we've done that before. Uh, let's see. Tom Hankey, 14 years in the big leagues, eight with the Blue Jays, five with the Rangers, and then finished up with an all-star year at age 37 with the Cardinals. Wow. I don't remember the all-star, but man, 37 years old, 1995, 52 games, 36 saves, a 1.82 ERA. My goodness. 48 strikeouts in 54 innings. That is impressive. That is definitely impressive. Uh, his lifetime ERA is 2.67. That's wow. Really? Uh, wow. Three, 311 career saves. I'll say 311 as opposed to 311 because I hate 311. Worst band in the history of music. <laughs> uh, let's see. 1988, he went 4-4 four and four with a 2.91 ERA, 25 saves, 68 innings, pitched 66 strikeouts, a 135 ERA plus, and that will equal a 1.4 ERA. Of course, he's got the glasses on. I can, can I get an extra point for them just being extra science teachers <laughs> glasses? It depends. Is there a Bunsen burner in the picture? No, there is not. Oh, sorry. Yeah, or that thing that you know it lights up and has a little light. Yes, there is one of those. Oh well, then you definitely get it. Oh no. Oh wait, there's not. Uh, it's just some. That was some uh, a Cheeto crumb. Oh, yeah, well, you're always eating them Cheetos. Wow, you know, he was drafted in the first round by the Cubs in 1980. Didn't sign. Really? <laughs> no, the, uh, that was in the Amit, the secondary draft. Then later that year, the Rangers uh, selected him in the fourth round, and he signed there. That's kind of strange. You might have missed out on some bonus money. Yeah, I think so. I think he did okay, though. I mean, this... Yeah. He, uh, he was definitely one of the best closers. Absolutely. Of that time. All right. So he met his wife, Kathy, in college. Uh, this, is a, this, this tale is as old as time, how he met his wife. 
in college, his catcher called him up and said, let's go to McDonald's. He went up, he ordered a Big Mac. Kathy took the order and he was done. She was tall and athletic. Turns out we had a class together and started talking. Mm. The old order a Big Mac, marry the, mm-hmm. the, the tall athletic woman. Is, That's uh, right, because tall athletic women are very attracted to people that eat a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> uh let's see uh he's done a lot of work with special olympics in the cancer society so that is awesome nicknamed the terminator john cerruti gave him that nickname in 85 after they went to the movie the terminator (laughs) okay so it wasn't because he shut people down it was because he looked somewhat like uh (laughs) Uh, there's also the ballad of tom hankey which i am gonna have to now find Uh uh-oh uh, does not say who sang it, so that'll help. Uh, also appeared in the Aqua Velva commercial, which <laughs> I'm wondering if that was only shown in, in Canada. I don't know. Aqua Velva. Don't you still buy that stuff by the gallon? All right. Yep, oh, yep. wait, look who you will never believe who my next card is. What? He's Ooh. a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays who gave Tom Hankey the nickname <laughs> the Terminator. Oh, no way. That's weird. It is That's... John Cerruti. It is an episode of coincidences, folks. Wow, that is that is really weird. <laughs> Let's see when we get to his bio if it says gave Tom Hankey the nickname <laughs> the Terminator. <laughs> that would just be lazy journalism. That well, you know what? I'm going to enter it in the Wikipedia if it's not there. Uh, John Cerruti, seven years in the big leagues, six with Toronto, finished up in '91 with Detroit. 1988, he went six and seven with a 3.13 ERA, 123, 123 and two thirds innings. 65 strikeouts, a 125 ERA plus, and that equals a war of 1.1. Nothing on this card is going to help me out, though. And that'll take me to 7.5. I think you're at 7.5 after three cards. Uh, not sure. Uh, John Cerruti, first round pick in the 1981 draft. We get a lot of first round picks. Yes. Really just kind of have uh, average to above average careers. Not a whole lot here. Uh, let's see, Saruti. Oh, wow. I did not know this. Uh, apparently, Saruti died of natural causes at age 44. Whoa. Uh, that was, uh, he was a broadcaster for the Blue Jays and passed away in 2004 after an afternoon home game versus the Yankees, but then missed the pregame meeting the next day. Wow. You know, I feel like we've said that before, but I didn't remember it. Uh, but there is no mention here of giving Tom Hankey the nickname The Terminator. All right, I am at 7.5. I'm down to my final card. It is a member of the Kansas City Royals. He's not a rapper, uh, does not rap about Ford trucks. He is a catcher, though, and his last name starts with a Q. Oh, yes, I know this one. Uh, Jamie Quirk. There you go. I'm going to say Min at Quirk. I'm wondering how many of our listeners are yelling at their podcast <laughs> listening device of choice, knowing who that is. Because it just it just took me a minute. I have to change. I actually have to. I have a pretty decent sized hard drive, but a terrible filing system in my head. You're you're still running a disk. You're not on solid state yet. You're still a oh, flatter no. drive. Mm-hmm. Or is you're one of the ones you got to push all the buttons. All the you're you're still in binary, aren't you? I am. Let's see. Jamie Quirk, 18 years in the big leagues. You know what? It doesn't look like he ever pitched. He played every other position. He actually played for Tacoma uh, later in his career. Yeah, well, he finished with the A's. Three seasons with the A's. I I know he coached with the A's. Actually, four of his last five years were with the A's. 
Um, let's see, 18 years in the big leagues, 11 with the Royals, four with the A's, and then one with a bunch of uh, other teams. If he was playing today, he would probably get three or four appearances a year on the mound, I'm guessing. Uh, but in 1988, 84 games for the Royals, he hit 240, uh, eight home runs, 25 RBI, and a 106 OPS plus, and that equals a... I, so let's see, I need a war of, of around 13 here. Uh, Jamie Quirk's lifetime war was 0.7. <laughs> but now it should be noted, in 1988 is his career high in war, which is oh. a 0.9. There you go. He, uh, so, about half the years, he's got a minus next to yeah, his. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that good at mathematics, but I don't think that's going to be enough. No, that's an 8.4 is my mm. total. Uh, he did win a World Series in 85 with the Royals. He did not play in the World Series, but he does have a World Series ring. All right, so Mark, that is going to, I'm going to notch that win in your column. That'll take you up to nine wins compared to my 11. If I can just keep you at arm's length like that, that'll be great. Uh, but that'll do it for this uh, rendition episode uh, bout of Wax Packs Heroes. And uh, that's also going to start to wrap up our show. Uh, if you don't know, you can find us all over the Internet. We are at Two Strike Noise. That is at TWO Strike Noise. Also have a uh, email address that Mark can tell you about. Oh, yeah, we do. Two Strike Noise. Imagine us calling it that. TWO Strike Noise. At gmail.com. We have Two Strike Noise registered everywhere on the internet you can go. If you try and go to a random website and use the word Two Strike Noise as your username, it will already be taken. So don't do it. That's right. It's us. Don't even give it a shot. Yeah. Every website on the internet. I spent Every a weekend. Single one. I spent a weekend one time just doing That's right. So That's just, right. Just one weekend yeah. is all it took. He hit all 47 sites or how many ever there are. Well, in 1988, there were probably that many, but yes. <laughs> Didn't we have bulletin board systems back then? I don't think they'd started. Well, yeah, probably in the universities. I don't think Prodigy or those were around at that point. <laughs> you, uh, okay, nobody knows what I'm talking about probably, but that's going to do it. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And you know what? We'll do it again next week, just for, just for the heck of it. So... Until then, we'll see you on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Yeah, I'm in, Jeff, for next week. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day, folks. 